Hey, ladies and gents, welcome to the Project Fit podcast. I've got Jacqueline Hooten on today. Um, I'm extremely excited. I've been kind of fanboying you because I'm not a fan girl, right? I'm fanboying you for a while. Um, <laughs> love your Insta stuff. And I thought I'd get you on because I think you're a little bit awesome. So, yeah, do you want to just tell everybody what you do, where you're from, and a brief history of you? Sure. <laughs> Hello there, everybody. Um, so, yeah, so my name's Jacqueline. I'm 56 years old. I've got five children and a granddaughter as well. Um, so my children are, uh, like my eldest is coming up to 30, my youngest is 16. Um, and in my professional capacity, I'm a personal trainer. I've got my own home-based studio. Um, I work with uh, female clients. I've worked with many different sorts of clients over the years, men and women, and worked in big gyms and smaller gyms and part of exercise consultancy and so on. But now my focus is very much female-orientated, working from a home studio, offering clients sort of privacy and one-to-one attention, uh, and very often the sort of clients that aren't comfortable in a mainstream gym. So that's kind mm-hmm. of who I work with. Um, in addition to that, I'm a fitness tutor um, and work with big Uh, fitness training company delivering fitness courses and designing sort of educational content as well and assessing students and uh, helping people on their path to change their careers as well Um, I've also worked with a nutrition company in the past as well um, and I've done a bit of modeling as well so a bit of everything basically Um, so yeah so um, but but my focus very much now is I'm in my 50s and uh, I'm aiming for 100 basically so I'm all about promoting health and wellness through activity and fitness and nutrition and um, you know I want to be around for my children for another 50 years and my grandchildren so um, and I, I think that's perfectly doable and I think with with uh quite a population that is aging but also is not terribly healthy it's about helping people realize the things that they can do to impact the the change the trajectory of their own lives perhaps yep okay love that so what got you into this kind of journey of fitness and and stuff because i think you've done some like physique competition or bodybuilding yeah sure so I mean if I go way back when I had my first son I was 26 Um, Mm. when I had my last child I was 40 Um, when I had my first son uh, there was that kind of realization that I've now got another little human being I'm responsible for and I've got to be fit and healthy for this child so um, I really got into fitness at that point I mean some of your older listeners stats will go like yeah remember jane fonda <laughs> remember the I jane remember. fonda vhs videos you know that's yeah. that's and now we've got youtube and all these other brilliant ways to connect with fitness but way back when you know if we wanted to be fit and active there were things like pop mobility at your local village hall but yeah. if you were a mum at home you know what did you do so i was exercising with all the jane fonda videos um and then you know yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, all the the like and the bright stuff, and we all like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Good this burn, is very, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I've been through all the different <laughs> sort of. I've seen fitness grow and develop, and gyms didn't exist like they do, and in. Uh, in sort of 20 30 years ago like they do now so it's um it's become more and more accessible um so yes that that kind of got me into 
fitness, if you like, way back when and, and made me very aware. And I've never stopped, basically. So I've always done something, but it's evolved over the years. Uh, I certainly didn't know in my 20s the importance of strength training. Um, if I was starting again now, I'd be doing it in a much more sort of scientific and educated approach. Um, but that got me into it. And during my time in fitness, I've done various things, as you've said. So, uh, yeah, I have competed before um, as a natural athlete, so an unassisted athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, you know, I've been running races. I've sort of done London marathons. I've done a bit of everything, really. I, I just, I just love being active. I wouldn't say I, I'm saying I'd say like I'm your enthusiastic amateur when it comes to things like this. Although I'm a professional uh, working in the industry, when it comes to my ability in any of these things, I'm sort of way, way down there somewhere, really. Oh, but you know, I'm a there. God loves a trier. So, <laughs> so that's definitely me. Uh, you know, I'm definitely I'm. I put myself up for things. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the quickest, but, but, um, but hopefully some of that is in my appeal as well, because people say, you know, I'm not an athlete. I've never been an athlete as Mm. such. Um, I'm athletic, but I've never um, achieved anything really uh, from an athletic point of view. But, hopefully that makes me more relatable for a lot of people because literally anybody can do it. You know, I want people to engage in the industry at whatever level they're at. And we should be able to take anybody regardless of ability, um, physical disabilities, Mm -hmm. age, um, enthusiasm and get everybody engaged. That's kind of like my remit. That's what I want. Awesome. So I'm going to take you back to when you did your um, competition. How hard were you training for that? What was the kind of training regime that you had that competition do you know what i don't think the training was harder because i've always trained yeah. um so i've all and i've always loved strength training even before it kind of got more popular like it's become more popular or yeah. or more mainstream for women in recent years so i was always the only woman in the weight section of the gym sort of yeah. 15 20 years ago um so the training to me wasn't the hardest thing it was so maybe just to explain it a bit more one of the reasons I did it is because I've I've always been lean I've never struggled with my weight um so in spite of having three children I've never had that issue so one of the reasons I wanted to compete was although I was lean I needed to get leaner to see muscular definition Mm -hmm. and I'd never been through that process of having to lose body fat and I felt as an educational process and understanding where my clients are at when they're tackling not a small amount of weight loss which is fat loss which is what I was looking for but you know some people who I'm working with who are clinically obese we're talking about you know many pounds of of fat they're looking to lose and I thought actually never having been in a, a time where I need to diet this was a very good um kind of going through that process and getting just an inkling of what it's like for people. Um, So yeah, apart from the other side of it it was actually having an aim, you know, because sometimes I know years ago when I worked with a personal trainer myself before I was qualified, he was always like, yeah, so what are you training for at the moment? I just go like, well, just want to be fit and healthy and strong. And that's a really difficult client to work with, isn't it? When people have got a definite aim, like I want to, um, run a 5k in in 20 minutes so i want to get my 10k time down to under 40 minutes or whatever it happens to be then we go right okay we know exactly what we're doing with this the plan yeah when you've got someone who's just like uh, sort of just like intrinsically motivated really i don't need a, a medal i don't need 
public adoration or people clapping their hands. I've just, I don't need that, but I appreciate some people do. Um, so I'm a, a difficult person to work with from that point of view. So actually it was quite good for me to do a competition, have something very definite to aim for. Yeah. So you weren't just kind of just ambling just, along. Like, right, yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, as opposed to now I'm ambling along basically. <laughs> Well, you amble all you but I am and I'm not, you know, <laughs> because I've got, you, you know. Well. You do very um, well, I think. You're, you're, you know, everything I've see, I see from you is, is you always you active, you're always doing something, um, mm. whether it be obviously with clients or your morning ride or run. Which I yeah, often. yeah, exactly, yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, I tell everybody who's listening to this, get outside, get outside and move more. I, I think, do you know, you, you're probably really familiar with this phrase, intuitive eating, yeah. but I, I think there's a kind of another thing that we need to be aware about, and that's intuitive movement, intuitive activity, yeah. uh, kind of the whole idea that you need to go into the gym for an hour and train, we kind of need to lose that mentality and actually see that activity continues throughout the day. Sometimes we're busier and moving more, but actually it's not a matter of, right, now I go and do my hours exercise because yeah. it's the other 23 hours in the day that really matter. So to me, so it's about, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so, I mean, for a start, we know it makes a huge difference in terms of weight management. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we can, can kind of write off the, the good we do in the gym if we spend the rest of the day sat still. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so like get outside and just move and just um, engage in the industry at whatever level you're able to do. You know, just so many of my clients, when they, they, they come, new clients, when they come to me and they think they're going to be told they've got to run, they've got to do this, and I go like, so um, how, how much do you walk on an average day? And it's like, oh, mm. I, don't, mm, I don't really walk. Okay, well, let's start with a walk then. And they go, what? Well, I was thinking I was going to have to do this, that, and that. Well, let, yeah, we, we can get to that. But just like for the next week, could you see if you could go out for a walk? Like do, 10 minutes. Do you, <laughs> do you think, though, that the industry has kind of made some of these, not myths, but we've kind of made this standard for, that people look up to and it puts them off from doing the basics because they think they have to do, you know, they've got to go to squat loads. Yeah, to... exactly. I think there's a real, I think there's a real danger in that, which is why I feel myself and, and you know, probably people like yourself and other people are trying to redress the balance a bit because it's, it's great to see people doing really inspirational things, um, yeah. you know, and lifting incredible weights and, and just, you know, making fantastic gains in their speed or agility or whatever. I mean, I follow some fantastic accounts. I'm like, whoa, I wish I could do that. Yeah. We we need we need people at, at all ends of the spectrum but I also think we need to be very visible when we're working with people at the other end of the spectrum mm -hmm. so that people can go oh it, it this is for me as well because yeah. I hate the whole feeling that we can be exclusive that that we're an exclusive tribe and you're not good enough to be in our club I just want to bash that myth basically um and get everybody to engage at whatever level they're they're at so so yeah i think what was your original question i think i've answered I that think, yeah. i think i've lost it now anyway i think I, I think you're right i think um things like play you know an, an mm. unintentional movement is yeah mad. yeah and one of the things i'm doing a lot more of is i'm starting to do a lot more animal flow stuff yeah so i don't seize up 
because yeah. I do a lot of online so work. This is, this is definitely on my to-do list because I, I did uh, attended, an, well, I've done a couple of animal flow things and then I attended uh, Richard Scrivener's um, he class. He did a class at, at um, uh, an event I went to recently and that's just like, I've definitely got to do animal flow. And really, as you say, because of movement and the flow of that, and I'm very aware of that now at 56, that, you know, I don't want my movement to decrease from where it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. I know we all know eventually you know, we're i'm sorry if this is breaking news to anybody but we are all going to die it's not about avoiding oh, really no we're, it's not about <laughs> avoiding death no. but it's about you know maintaining quality of life um yeah. for as long as possible and, and so i'm very aware that movement is really really so it doesn't matter a damn what i squat you know if i can squat if i can get up and down and in and out of a a car or not that i like cars very much but in and out of the in and out of the bath for example i don't need any assistance that suits me um you know i don't i'm not competing i don't need to squat a particular weight so what's much more relevant to me is things like movement moving really really well Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that's so vital as we age i was going to say something completely different and i've lost my train of thought and it was so interesting but there you go i've lost it it it'll come back we were talking about animal flow weren't we so mm, I don't know if that mm. was the trigger. So I don't know. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Life expectancy in the UK. Yeah. So one of the things I'm very, very aware of as a woman, uh, well, male statistics as well, is the difference between life expectancy and healthy life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So the life expectancy for men and women in the country has been slowly increasing. So I yeah. think that latest figure for women is something like 81 82 that's life expectancy but healthy life expectancy is only 65 oh wow i didn't know that now i find that really shocking so obviously these are only averages but what we're saying is that the last 16 17 years of the average woman's life in the uk is spent in poor health Mm. so it's not really it's kind of no no yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and we know things like bone density decrease um, after the menopause. Um, and we know that the, the risk then of fracture then increases. Mm-hmm. And we know that if you have a hip fracture, which many women do post 60, um, that is a, a spiral of physical decline, which can lead to one thing after another. And actually, mortality rates are very poor after a hip fracture. So yeah, so I come at things from quite a different angle because to me it's just about health and long. Well, not just about health. It's obviously performance and everything is still important to to people. Yeah. But for me, it's about can we narrow that gap between life expectancy and healthy life expectancy? Because I'm sure most people, given the choice, would like to be healthy up until the day. That's yeah, it. Up until the yeah, up until yeah. The, no the, one wants to imagine that that they're going to be in poor health for. 10 15 years and i certainly don't want to be dependent on my children i don't want them to i don't want to be a burden to them i feel i don't want to be a burden to them i don't want to be a burden to society and we know our nhs is under enormous strain so i feel that i that i feel like there's a moral obligation as well i know that you know not everybody feels that way but i do feel that we have a responsibility to ourselves yep. um, responsibility to our family and responsibility to society to look after ourselves yep. um and quite frankly sort of in sort of 15 20 30 years there's going to be so many elderly people who's going to be looking after us 
yeah, exactly. There's not there's not going to be enough people, to young yeah. people, to look after all the old people. Just practically, we already see that issue with um the sort of care homes, the issue with care homes. They can't get staff um, and yeah exactly exactly so we do uh, say i'm very well i'm quite passionate about it as you probably gather no, <laughs> so i, can't. I, it's not I do <laughs> i mean i do really love it but i just like that there's no reason not to why wouldn't you want to live the very best life that you can um to be as healthy and well as you can to allow you to enjoy all the other things that you do in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's family time, whether that's going out and about, whether it's holidaying, whether it's traveling the world, mm. whether it's working, you know, whatever it is that you really love to do, um, you require your health to do it for the most part, don't you? Your, your physical ability. So you kind of make touch because I, I had a guest on yesterday, a lady called Gillian Davies is awesome. And she kind of made a very good point that often the ladies that come to her start talking about how they used to be able to run 10K, how they used to be able to do mm. whatever. And that sometimes maybe puts them off. Mm. Um, but she said a very good point. It's not about what you could do. It's about where you are now and how you, as you said, how you can change your trajectory of life yeah. going forward. And yeah. I think that sometimes holds people back that they're thinking about what they used to be able to do and from what they can do now. Yeah, I think it works both ways as well, because I think some people kind of hold on to this idea that they were, oh, I don't know, they used they used to do that. And um, they 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 live in this kind of idea that they're still as as athletic, you know, mm -hmm. because they once played for the county or they yeah. um, they once I'm talking because I've got a couple of clients who said this to me fairly recently that they used to swim for the county or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, mm, but however long ago, that's brilliant that you've had that experience, you've had that training, you've shown that commitment in the past. But we have to kind of be aware of where people are currently at yes. um, and meet them at that point. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely helps if someone's had some kind of history of training, obviously, because oh, yeah. they've got some um, appreciation. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And that I think the thing is, um, there's always going to be new goals. So regardless, yes, you might have... Um, you know, I'm never going to, my, my 10K time is never going to be better than when I, you know, sort of 15, 20 years ago. Let's be, it isn't because my VO2 max is decreasing and changing as I age. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't be good for my age. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean, so if, if people are really, if that's what they're motivated by, if they definitely want to put figures and numbers on things, then we're always going to be able to find something that's going to get that person motivated again that we can set a new goal with them yeah of course totally and i think one of the things i think that's pretty special i think sometimes you make me get up and train i'm like let me go to my instagram oh okay. she's in the gym <laughs> oh my god she's done a workout it's half past seven <laughs> she's up at five but i guess i better get my ass in the gym <laughs> Feel a bit guilty now <laughs> um, well we can all do that though can't we because i can feel exactly the same way to be honest you know i can do exactly because i i think i think perhaps the the point to make to many people who are um sort of listening to this it's just like everyone assumes fitness professionals are always motivated that if you work in the industry you're always a hundred percent on it your nutrition is always a hundred percent on point you never have down days and no we're human beings as well and so um that's why i follow particular accounts because they motivate me they make me think oh, blimey she's i mean there's a great woman i um, follow on instagram she's in her 70s she's american i think she is yeah. and she's lifting weight she's so strong and i'm like 
well, I've seriously got no excuse. You know, she's she has set the bar basically. Yep. So there's no kind of so we all we all need that, don't we? We all. So it's great if I make you think about getting up and training whatever days. And there are plenty of people who make me do that as well. And I see you working with your ladies, and I think that that's great. You know, I got right. I'm having a bit of a a lazy day oh my gosh look he's in there he's got his all his ladies got his tigers he's got them working i better just go and move move do something yeah so we can we can all respond to that can't we i think we can all hope i i say this to my clients as well i think everyone has the capacity within them to inspire as well as be inspired um and when i have clients who i work with who Mm. haven't been involved in fitness for a long time perhaps got a weight management issue they've struggled in the past but when I see their confidence grow and then when they've they've been to a few sessions and and suddenly they're inspiring their family or friends or other people and they come back and they talk to me and say oh so-and-so is saying to me of course you're training now and so I think everybody has that within them to to be a role model for someone else you know it's not it's not like the fittest people can only be role models no I think you're uh, I mean, one of my ladies who who had mobility issues couldn't walk very well. She and she was a physiotherapist. Actually, she was inspiring her physiotherapy clients mm. because she was training herself, and yet she had her own mobility issues. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you know, especially as adults, we need to inspire our children as well. Because I think mm. you know, my son he's 15 now. He's kind of like he's at that teenage age where he doesn't want to do much, but the fact that he sees me training. Yeah, looking at my nutrition and whatever makes him go okay do you know what I'm gonna do some press-ups today <laughs> but that's think, brilliant isn't it but that's better than him not doing anything absolutely absolutely and, I, and I'm like because I've never forced my children to do anything mm. because I think that's like you know, I just think that would put them off really but they've come to it one by one you know because yeah. they've been in that environment where mum's always in lycra she's always off to the gym or she's training at home or there are clients coming in or she's out for a run or you know it's just it's not being like oh my mother suddenly decided to exercise it's like they've never known anything any different and I think if you grow up in that environment it's it becomes the norm doesn't it yeah so hopefully you know we can sort of normalize fitness for for our families and they they just like well that's what we do yeah it's It's not like it's not a chore it's not a but I think obviously for the people who haven't been in that haven't been trained or exercising yeah they have to be conscious of it first before it becomes unconscious right yeah yeah exactly and I think that's where the challenge and that's where you have to get people to get into those habits um, yeah definitely definitely first etc so um I know obviously nutrition is pretty important for you um I don't know you've done Mac Nutrition University mm. haven't you or are you still, mm. still going through it yeah I finished yeah Awesome. So I, as you mentioned earlier, you're pretty lean still. How important is nutrition to keeping you, you know, fairly lean? Um, especially well, I, so I, I must be honest that, you know, one of my aims is not to stay lean. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm never, um, apart from when I was competing, I've never dieted. Hmm. I've never been a yo-yo dieter. Um, I don't follow any particular food fads. Neither do I live on a diet of salad, you know, which people kind no. of assume, <laughs> you know, which people kind of assume yeah, with, um, all day. Yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, as you know, it's all about energy balance. Mm-hmm. So I've, I think throughout my life, I've just been, um, I, I well, I guess it, it 
some of this is from where I've grown up. So we didn't have desserts and things as children. They were treats. We didn't have sweets in the house. But yeah. maybe I grew up in the 60s. You know, it was swinging 60s. But we didn't have, you know, we didn't have sweets, basically. No, but, you know, um, I, I don't think, you know, people didn't have the sort of disposable income that it had either. So, you know, the diet was purer, perhaps. Um, my mother wasn't heavily into cooking, but things were fairly plain and bland. So I've never... So I've, so I think I because of that I've been very good at not even thinking about it consciously but just my my automatically I've got this kind of gauge where I go like a you know a petrol gauge like full half full empty whatever and I kind of eat or don't eat according to that and I've been pretty uh, probably annoying for some people who think oh, I don't, you know but I think uh, it's almost it's like intuitive eating basically yeah. i mean before intuitive eating became a term yeah. i think that's what i have done in my lifetime mm-hmm. um so nutrition is not so we're going back to what you said uh my aim is not about being lean my aim is about being optimal weight for you know for for me uh, yeah. but it's also my nutrition is very much about um protein intake because we know that's really um important uh calcium intake because again you know for bone density vitamin d um and loads and loads of vegetables um because again that's really a varied range in the diet as well um the oily fish and then we know people should be supplementing if they're not getting oily fish i basically i nutrition to me is kind of nurture it's about nurturing my body in the best way it can um, and just feeling better. I know, you know, when, when if there's been times when we're entertaining or there's other stuff going on and my, my nutrition doesn't feel quite great, I don't feel so good in myself. Yeah. Um, and I just feel a bit sluggish and not great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't want anyone to think like I cut this out and I don't have that and I'm really restrictive because I'm not at all. Yeah. Um, I'm not... The only thing I'm quite restricted with is I'm not a great drinker. I'm, I don't exclude alcohol, but I, I like the old glass of wine, but I'm not really, I could take or leave alcohol. You're a bottle of wine person every night. Kind of. No, no, no. So I'm not, and I, I've never, ever liked fizzy drinks. So I don't, so I know that, you know, for many people, sugary drinks can be a bit of a, an issue for them in terms of those sort of empty calories. But I, I don't actually like the taste of fizzy. I've never liked fizzy drinks. I don't even like fizzy water. I just have still water. <laughs> So that's just me. That's just me. Um, so yeah, nutrition for me about nutrition is again, um, we know from the blue zones of the world. I don't know if you heard anyone talking about blue zones before on here. No, 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 before no. Okay. So just I, quick, I very quickly for people listening, for people listening. Yeah. So for people listening, the blue zones of the world are, are, have been identified with places where people live the longest and the healthiest. So they've got the, the, the biggest number of, um, now, how do you say this? People who live over 100. Is that a centenarians? Centenarians, I think it's right. Centenarians. I think that someone will correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, Cent- basically, anyway, so yeah. So basically, these are, not, these are areas of the world where they've identified they're a, a larger number than the rest of the world where there are people who are in there uh, over 100 and they're healthy. They're living long lives and healthy lives. And they've, they've kind of looked at what are the common themes of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, they're not all necessarily vegetarians. Mm-hmm. Um, some eat higher carbohydrate diets. Some eat more protein in their diet. But one thing is fairly common is just that the plant-based, a lot of plant-based 
food within their diet so that's not to say they're vegetarian but they eat i mean one group is but they eat a lot of vegetables within the diet they eat homegrown things um there are other factors as well about their lifestyles they are active they spend time outside they do exercise they they have a sort of good uh, the community is important to them they have a purpose in life and so on but we know that their their nutrition is um kind of you know lacks pro is not processed basically very very little in the way of processed foods so i think if we can kind of remember that so when i think about my nutrition i know that that nutrition is beneficial for longevity um so that's something i kind of keep in mind as well yeah i think Um, think we make nutrition very it's got all of a sudden really complex um hmm. we've got all these fads and I mean, you'll often hear me have a little rant about people making nutrition too complex. Yeah. Just yeah. Take it back to the root kind of, you know, lots of single ingredient foods. And it becomes so easy. But I think people have now, because of all these fads, fad diets, I think people are just confused. So when yeah, they yeah. making it simple, they're like, no, it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple. Yeah, exactly. And and that most people, I don't know what you you found, but many of my clients have tried numerous diets. Mm-hmm. They've been on every kind of diet under the sun. Yeah. Um, I think there's a and way. people are still looking for the perfect yeah diet, if you like. And and unfortunately, then the term diet has become misused as well because we do want to talk in terms of what constitutes what 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 is a healthy diet but the minute you say healthy diet people think oh that must mean keto or paleo or it's got to have a name to it yeah it can't just be called a healthy diet i just can't eat fit meat fish and veg like seriously yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and i guess my last question for you really is strength training you've touched on it before um how often are you strength training at the minute um four maybe five times a week yeah uh, but you don't have to do strength training that many times a week it's just that that's what i like doing because i tend to split my routines as well so you like, yeah you just like to lift stuff and throw stuff around i just do you know i just i like that feeling of strength i know it's very good for my body um i know it's very good for overall health i know it's particularly important for women post-menopause i mean it's that it's, to me it's just a non-negotiable thing yeah. um and i think you know it has so many other benefits to it it's it's empowering you know if you're feeling again i work with because the nature of working from a home studio many clients i work with have got sort of mental health issues as well and they've they've they've, they've perhaps been through relationship breakups or and suddenly when they're sort of lifting weights they feel good about themselves something about being physically stronger mm-hmm. help has a carryover benefit to mental strength i believe I, I'm not sure what kind of research there is around it. Well, there is, there is research, but but it, it, it's very interesting topic, and I do think it has carryover benefits because when someone feels like they just feel weak all over, you get them feeling a bit stronger and able, and they feel they're uplifted in themselves. They feel more up, uh, um, empowered, and they're suddenly like, "Gosh, you know, I can do that." And I'm always saying to my clients because they go, "Oh, I don't think I can lift that." I go, "Yeah, did you get?" I mean, I've obviously gauged it. I know when they can go up a weight and all the rest of it. Yeah. And so many, so many people I work with just like really underestimate how strong they can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm the, I'm the bounciest trainer. Like I'm going, "Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can." And I go, "Yes, you did it. I told you you could do it. I knew you had it in you." And you see people really uplifted by that. 
Yeah. And I think that's, you know, apart from all the physical things that we know strength training does, <coughs> um, it's just, yeah, yeah, I'm just a bit passionate about it. I know, and I think that's... Like, just go lift, go lift, okay? Go, go lift, yeah, I like that. that. Well, that's why I wanted you on, I think. I mean, you might do the bouncy thing. I give my clients the look. Which do is, you? I give them a look. I look at, I watch what they lift, and I just look and go. And they yeah. know instantly... Yeah. They're going to be lifted heavier. I'm like, right, next set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and awesome for it. And I think one of my clients today was just talking about how now she can carry her own shopping. Yeah, husband to carry it. Yeah, fantastic. Walking more. She's like 64 now, and she was doing TRX pull-ups from you know fairly deep angle. And that's absolutely oh. brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it, absolutely brilliant. It's the best feeling for me as well. I feel like yeah. Yeah, because I love it. Because you know, I take deliveries at the door or whatever, and you know, the delivery drivers very kind of them. We say, "Can can you manage that, love?" And I go, "Yep, got it from here. I totally got it." And they know, <laughs> they watch you going walking down the hall. They're like, "How did she do that?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what we want, isn't it? We don't. We don't. Um, my father always says that when I was a toddler, whenever he took me for a walk somewhere, I'd say to him, "I can do it. I can do it." And <laughs> I'm very much still like that. I'm like, I can do it. I'm really independent. I can do it. Um, that's, what, that's what your training and your exercise and is all about is being able to keep doing it yeah and also I think probably because people are listening to this may may not be familiar with me or whatever but I'm not a big woman am I no so before people think like oh yeah but does it make you big and bulky and do you look like really masculine if you're doing it like I'm tight I'm pretty small yeah, aren't I yeah you're very I, I, so I'm I'm you know and I and I I lift double my body weight in terms of uh, deadlifts um, so I'm not so great with squats. That's not, I've got a back issue, but, but you know, I lift double my body weight, but I'm still fairly small. So, you know, people don't have to be worried about the weights that they're lifting as long as they're doing it a good technique and, you know, women, you're just not going to get big. Unfortunately, I've been trying for a long time. I'm always like, I want to be bigger. I want more muscle. But it's, but hard it's work. not that easy. And, it's and, and even it's for men, frustratingly it's, hard work, isn't it? It's re- even for us men, it's hard work. You yeah. In a shift. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm totally with you there. Thank you for bringing that up. So I know you're, I know you're a busy lady, so I'm not going to keep you too long because we could talk forever, I think. Um, so I've got a couple more questions for you. First of all, what is your favourite leg exercise? So you know me, every day is leg day, so I, I, I'm always yeah. trying to find out what people's, what your favourite leg exercise is. My favourite? Mm. Oh, there's too many. Um, I like single leg exercises i mean okay. i do loads of different leg exercises yeah. but i think uh and i think this is a good one for many people just because you can do as a body weight one is a bulgarian split squat or some people refer to it as a rear foot elevated yeah split squat um so people are looking up that what want to know what it looks like or whatever so i really like that i i love stiff leg deadlifts as well okay. so so you know it's hitting how it says hamstrings glutes back but i love that as well um i've got a congenital abnormality in my back so i've got something called a um, venous hemangioma which is basically a mass is a um, benign mass in my erector spinal muscles um so things like squats although i do them i have to be really really careful in terms of technique so i do you know squats and lunges and all the rest of it um but you know again kind of like you can work around things yeah you can work around things but yeah i like those rear foot elevated split squats for stability balance 
and just there's so many variations and it it can be so brutal as well yeah (laughs) i'm with you i I love and also you know we have to move single you know uh, squats are fantastic we all know we've kind of all like hey you must squat you must squat yes okay you need to be able to get up and down from the loo i don't want anyone taking me to the bathroom when i'm older basically i'm going to carry on squatting but if you think about day-to-day life am i ever going to have to squat 50 kilogram you know in addition to my weight another 50 60 what no i'm not but that things like those split squats lunges walking lunges those things they have real real carryover for day-to-day life and movement for me so yeah and for runners especially as well yeah exactly yeah etc so awesome and then i think my last question was you didn't say where you were based so people can oh right okay so where are you based and how can they find you um, so I'm based in Bognor Regis on the south coast of the UK and my my business is called Her Garden Gym. So Her Garden Gym because um, my home studio facility uh, is based around, we've got inside space and outside space under summer house and garden. I'm very much promote that outdoor place. And yeah, Bognor Regis, for those of you who don't know, is right on the south coast. So we're literally, I'm a stone's throw from the beach. It's lovely. Don't believe what you've heard about Bognor Regis. We actually don't like too many people to know that it's really nice because we, we like the beaches not as crowded as Brighton, basically. Brighton and Bournemouth. Okay, so, nice. so, yeah, we're a bit we're in between Brighton and Bournemouth, basically, if you're wondering where on the coast that is. But the beaches are nice and quiet because people... We don't get as many, we get tourists, but not as many because people head to Brighton. We let them carry on doing that because that means I get the whole beach to myself, right? (laughs) I've seen your Instagram of you just, yes, it's all mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. I do actually call it my beach, which does kind of annoy other local people. But basically, I say it's my beach because I'm down there in all weathers. I'm not one of these fair weather beach people. I'm down there in all weathers. That's very, very true. Okay, and what would be your one bit of advice that people should take away from what we talked about today what's the one thing you think people should just say it's never it's never too late yeah oh i'm so one bit of advice awesome it's never too late basically um so and fitness is for everybody so whatever level whatever age whatever ability there will be something that you can do to engage and improve um your health your mobility your wellness so never think it's too start now just, just, just start. Just, just start. do it now. And if you're already doing it, brilliant. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, hopefully one day we'll get you on there again. I'd love to have you back. Um, we also need to set up a climb as well, some plane, sometime. Yeah. Did Thanks. I talk too much? No, never, never, never. never. <laughs> keep, talking, keep talking. So yeah, hopefully I'll have you back on. You're climbing. Um, yes, I love your climbing. Yeah. I'm not like I'm not as good as you. I, I'm, I'm like I'm not good either, but hey. You look pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, I just make it look good for camera. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even make it look good for camera. If <laughs> someone's laying on the floor, just gets the angle right. It might make it look like I'm high up. E- exactly. That's what I get my friends to do. Okay, look, just take <laughs> down a bit, and then you can. Yeah, it looks perfect. But yeah, that'd be awesome. Maybe one day we'll have to when you're around London, maybe on one, on like work or whatever. Or, yeah, we'll go for a climb. That'd be okay. awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right. Take Lovely care. to talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.